AVS Media Papa Hotel Lima Echo November Radio Check. Papa Echo November, good afternoon, uh, read you five. Good afternoon, read you five as well, Papa Echo November. The Exxon Radio and TV show is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio and TV show or in any manner endorsed by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, Talkstar Radio Network, its affiliated stations, or employees. All-Hit Radio! Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, com. Don't forget, December the 20th at 11 o'clock at night, Straight through until December the 22nd at 1 o'clock in the morning, I will be broadcasting 26 hours live as we usher in and dispel all the myths, all the panic, all the doomsday prophecies that are connected with December the 21st, 2012. The end of the Mayan calendar? Exactly. Does it have anything to do with the Mayans saying it's the end of the world? Not in the least. As the Mayans told me when Laura and I were down in the Yucatan this uh, earlier this year, hey, it's just like the calendar that you have on your wall. At the end of December, you put a new calendar up. Ours is just bigger and made out of stone and lasts longer. That's about it. Alrighty, so there you have it. Now, if your local station, radio or TV, is not going to be carrying the uh, show, you can go to www xzone2012.com. We're going to be broadcasting audio video there, as well as on the Talkstar Radio Network and Starcom Media. They're carrying the show for the entire 26 hours straight. 
We're talking about angels this hour, amongst other things. My very special guest is a lady that I've had the opportunity of having on the show before. Catherine Lanigan is her name. And uh, Catherine is the best-selling author of nearly 35 published titles in both fiction and nonfiction, including the novelizations of Romancing the Stone and The Jewel of the Nile, as well as over half a dozen anthologies, including... Chicken Soup for the Soul, Living Your Dreams, Chicken Soup for the Writer's Soul, Chocolate for a Woman's Heart, Chocolate for a Woman's Spirit. Miss Lanigan's novels have been translated into over a dozen or two dozen languages, including German, French, Italian, Spanish, Russian, Portuguese, Chinese, and Japanese. Catherine's novels are also available on audio cassette and in ebooks on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And uh, joining me now is Catherine Lanigan. Catherine, welcome back to the X-Zone. Merry Christmas, Rob. Oh, you know what? I love it when someone says Merry Christmas. I do, too. I, I just do, I mean, I've just been saying it you know, over and over every day. That is so wonderful to hear. And I must tell you that I am so tired of this political correctness crap where you're supposed to say happy holidays. <laughs> oh, to heck with it. You know what? Exactly. You know, it is what it is. It it's is. Christmas, so it is. That's right. So Merry Christmas to you too, my dear friend. Thank you. And, 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 and you know what? I, just for everybody who likes political correctness, where the plane lands, it also takes off from. So if you don't want to say Merry Christmas, just get back on the plane and take off. That's the way it is. Exactly. Go to another country. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's Christmas. And you know what? They've even started to change Easter up here in Canada where it's, where the, it's not Happy Easter in schools. You can't uh, make Happy Easter designs. It has to, it's called the, the Spring Color Festival now. You're kidding. I'm not. I did not. Oh my God! I had not. I did, had no idea. Yeah, they oh, start, that's terrible. They started that this year, and oh, I, you know, it, it's just going crazy, Catherine. Yeah, and, and I'm glad yeah. that you're with me this hour to bring some sensitivity into this world and get try to get us back on track because we're going to yeah, be. Yeah, we got to try. <laughs> well, you know, if anybody can, you can, my dear. But first of all, I've got to do it. Take a commercial break. And uh, when we come back, more with my special guest of this hour, Catherine Lanigan. Her website is www.catherinelanigan.com. My name's Rob McConnell. Don't go away. Could you hurry, sir? 
Daddy says there's not much time You see, she's been sick for quite a while And I know these shoes will make her smile And I want her to look beautiful If Mama meets Jesus And welcome back, everyone. Catherine Lanigan is my special guest. Her website is www.catherinelanigan.com. So I have to ask you this. Uh, you know, you and I have talked before, Catherine, but we're talking about your angel books this hour. What prompted you to write angel books? Um, this goes back 20 years, so it's it's quite a tale. But both my parents were at the Grand Canyon, mm-hmm. and this was probably about 1987, maybe 88, and my mother had a heart attack while she was looking at the canyon, oh and the ambulance came, took her to the to the um, hospital there in Flagstaff, and as my father was following the gurney in with my mother on it, he dropped dead just outside the doors of ICU. Oh, my God. And he was dead for 22 minutes. I mean, they could not revive him. They did everything, you know, the injections, the beating on his, I mean, they broke all of his ribs, they broke his sternum, his clavicle, the whole thing. I mean, he was crushed just trying to get his heart going, you know, again. Well, anyway, long story short, they did revive him. My sister lived here near Chicago. I was in Houston at the time. And we both met in Phoenix. We flew to Phoenix, and then we flew up to Flagstaff. And we got there like at midnight at night. Mm -hmm. And they let us in, you know, because we had traveled so far. And when I walked in to the room... My father said, oh, Kath, I'm so glad you're here because I have to tell you what they told me on the other side. And I said, the other side of what? And he said, the other side, that's what they call it. And I said, well, you know, we're, he was absolutely a dyed-in-the-wool Catholic. Mm -hmm. And so he was referred to death, the place you go to is heaven, you know, it was never the other side. And I said, the other side, and he says, yes, that's what they call it. He said, now, I met with a being of light. And I said, you mean an angel? And he said, no, not an angel. An angel is those other guys. This was a being of light. That's who you meet first. I said, oh, really? And he said, yes. And he said, they, this being of light told me that you were going to write a book. And I said, well, since I've already written about eight or nine of them, that's mm-hmm. not anything new. And he said, oh, no, your writing has to completely change. And I said, what? And he said, you, they want you to start writing down the stories of people who have experiences just like me and people who see angels and who see their departed loved ones or they, you know, all these different things that they see about what happens when you die or this unseen world, this world that exists between here and there. And I said, really? And he said, yes, you're supposed to be the journalist, the chronicler. And that is what you have to do. You have to start writing these, you know, angel books. And um, I thought he was out of his mind, but he would not let it go. So I said to him, I said, well, is that why you came back? And he said, well, that's one of the reasons. But the other reason is, is they told me that I had not learned the lesson of love, and that's why they sent me back. I said, really? And my dad was a very, was a brilliant man. He was top of his law class at Notre Dame and Phi Beta Kappa and had a photographic memory and all that stuff, but he was not a demonstrative man about his emotions. And I just thought, isn't that interesting? Because all of us, the whole time we were growing up, you know, 
the mama did the hugging. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the dad. And um, after that experience, every time he had a chance, you know, when we would call, he would want to get on the phone. I just wanted to tell you that I love you, wow. which he never did before. And then he lived for about five years after that. Of course, he died a couple more times and came back and talked about that, too. But <laughs> My goodness. Tell, tell, Seriously. <laughs> tell me, how, how is your book Angel, Angel Tales different from other books that are out there? Um, Angel Tales is a compilation of stories that I've gathered from your show and other radio shows like it. They are, they are, um, I delved a little more, you know, really kind of trying to get people, because they send me their emails and Mm -hmm. sometimes I call them and we talk on the phone. I actually had a woman who came in from Colorado and met with me this summer and we had dinner in, uh to just just talk it was fascinating i mean it's just really fun you know these people have become such a part of my life but their stories i think are very interesting because as the years have gone on 90% of my stories come from men from so the, men from men any idea all these why all years i have n- i most of the times i've gotten stories from maybe teenagers or mm-hmm. and women mostly women now the stories I'm getting are from men. And um, I don't think it's because all of a sudden men started having these experiences because that's not the stories they're telling me. What They're finally willing to talk about it. And they're not afraid of being called crazy or a lunatic or anything like well, that. Well, let me, let me ask you this then, Catherine. Mm-hmm. Is... Are there total similarities between all of the stories you get, or do they vary when it comes to the near-death experience? There are some things that are constants. I even wrote a small book that I hope to get published called The Secrets of the Angels. There are about nine or ten things that always seem to hold true and common, there are some things that are a little bit different. Each time I, I say, you know, I think I've heard mm-hmm. it all, and then I find out I really haven't. Um, but w- there are several things. One is that when the angel or a departed loved one comes, to, comes in to visit, whether it is in a dream or in the daylight hours or at nighttime, but the person's not asleep, there, there's absolutely no way that this that the person that it's happening to ever forgets it. It's the dream is as real to them as if they were awake going through it. And no matter how many years it's been, I had a 92 year old woman tell me about a story that she had when she was five years old, oh. and it was as clear to her as if it happened yesterday. Um, the the information or the experience always uplifts the person that it happens to. I mean, always. They always feel better. There, there is always, the third thing is there is always a sense of absolute unconditional love. They're, they're not afraid. Even if they are initially afraid, they instantly feel a sense of peace in addition to the love. And most of the messages have a loving feeling to them and they have a consequence. The, uh, the, there's either something saved their life, um, improved a relationship that they had, maybe helped them find a job, changed their career. Something changed 
physically, not just, you know, emotionally or spiritually with a person, but something else physically changed where they altered something in their life afterwards. So those things always seem to be a constant. How about the, the, the tunnel that, that we've heard about, uh, the deity that awaits mm-hmm. people at the other end, the family members, the, even the family pets that have passed on? Right, right. I would say uh, it is unusual for me to hear from someone who said, I did not go through a tunnel. Most of the people I have talked to said, well, it wasn't really a tunnel, but it was a hallway full of light. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of traveling down that you're literally... Um, um, putting space behind you, you know, this world is a, in one space and that world is in another space, whether it's through a tunnel or a hallway or um, one lady said it was just a spinning. She felt spinning and then there was all this light. Um, some, I would say 75% of the people always said that they saw a family member, um, someone who had been who had departed. I had one guy who said he didn't meet any family members initially but he, because he just showed up in this place, which was the Crystal City. Now, I have constants about the Crystal City. That's why I have a section in the book that's just about the Crystal City or the Crystal Kingdom, however you want to call it. And those instances all have a similar ring to them. There is a, um, a gentleman called me at, on a radio show, and he said, um, I just have one question for you. And I said, what is that? And he said, did you see the mountains? And I knew, and I said, leave your phone number. And I said, yes, I did. Leave your phone number. I want to talk to you. And I talked to this guy off and on for months after that. It was fascinating because he saw that when I had my near-death experience, my second near-death experience, that's exactly the same place that I went to that he did. But his was even more futuristic than mine was. So, but then Mm. I've had other people say they, they floated on platforms and floated around from place to place but it was literally on a light, lighted platform or felt like they were standing on a plate of light. A plate so of light. That's interesting. Could that be the metaphor that has been used so many times as seeing a, a loved one walking on the clouds? That's what I, uh, I you know, attribute it to. Really? It, it, it seems like clouds, but I think it's just mm-hmm. light. All right, Catherine, please stand by. You and I have to take our break with the news, uh, and we'll be back on the other side. Exonation, Catherine Lanigan is my special guest this hour. www.catherinelanigan.com. Now, Catherine would like you, the members of the Exonation, to contact her if you have any angel stories. Here's her email address. cdlanigan, that's C-D-L-A-N-I-G-A-N, at AOL.com. That's cdlanigan at AOL.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon and Catherine Lanigan, and I will be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away. A pair of shoes And his clothes were worn and old He was dirty from head to toe You're listening to the X Zone Radio Show live and around the world on the Talkstar Radio Network. 
Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, and Star Cable. Our toll-free telephone number worldwide is 1-800-610-7035. Our email address, xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, xzoneradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. Catherine Lanigan is our special guest. Her website is www.catherinelanigan.com. And she would like you, the members of the Exxon Nation, or if you know someone who's had an angel story, if you would share it with her, her email address is cdlanigan at aol.com. That's c-d-l-a-n-i-g-a-n at aol.com. Catherine, uh, when... Talking to people about their angelic experiences, their near-death experiences, mm-hmm. does does it depend on the person's religious philosophies, how the stories differ? You know, I do not, I don't know, and I was, that's interesting because I was just thinking about, um, it, it doesn't matter, I, um, from what I have researched over 20 years, mm-hmm whether you have a religious upbringing or not. I have a story in Angel Tales about a woman who had no religious upbringing at all, none. They never went to church. It was just never mentioned. She didn't even know she was missing anything. It was just not part of her life and her world. So she was 30 years old, and she was in her apartment and um, reading a book, and she got up to close the blind, and she was visited by uh, two angels and the Mother Mary, Hmm. the Mother of Christ. And she said, I didn't even know what they were. They told me who they were, and she she was a, had always been in in, um, communications and radio. She had been, you know, worked on the radio. She was an announcer. She had a beautiful singing voice, and she started singing this song, and it was just this beautiful, beautiful song, you know, like, that a mother would sing to a child. And right. so she called it Mary's Lullaby. 
and she never forgot the words. Well, uh, to make her very long story short, but and I don't want to give away the whole thing, she was visited several more times until she until things just worked into this beautiful synchronicity, or I call it, you know, angelic timetable, that um, she got the CD produced and. And it was attached to a friend's book that was also about visitations from Mother Mary. But this was a person who had absolutely no idea. She was like, who are you? And she said, well, I'm Mother Mary. And she, Mother Mary of what? Hmm. You know, she just didn't pay any attention. I've had other stories of people, especially when they're dying, um, who have had no religious affiliation my favorite story is um, from a friend of mine who's um, a hospice doctor, and he said that he had this um, uh, Orthodox Jewish lady who was about two weeks from her death. I mean, she did die because he was hospice, so they did, he didn't get them until they were on their way out. Right. You know? yeah. And um, he came in her room, and she said, could you just step a little to the side, doctor? And he said, what are you talking about? And she said, well because I don't want you to get in the way. And he said, in the way of what? And he said, she said, well, Jesus is at, my, is at the foot of my bed. And he said, what do you mean? She said, well, he said his name is Jesus. And he said, and he knew her whole family, the husband and their children and everything. Her children were irate that she was um, hysterical, like that they kept saying she was hysterical, hallucinating and everything. And she said, I'm telling you that he is at my feet. And and he's telling me, you know, what it's going to be like when I die, and that he's going to be there for me. And um, the doctor said, well, what is he doing at the foot of the bed? And she said, well, he's washing my feet for my entry into heaven. Hmm. So it's very interesting, I think, when you have things that cross over from one religion to another, there's no exposure, and... You know, I, I hear stories that I'm just like, wow, you know, not prepared. What about the stories that you hear from children about oh, those are angels? Those, those are the best. Yeah, those yeah. are the best. Because what I do like um, is when you start asking, you know, if you, if you, you have to be very careful when you start asking a two-year-old and a three-year-old um, questions. And just recently, I had a little three-year-old niece, and, and I told you uh, earlier, my mother passed yes. away a year ago. When she, we went, let's see, they were here for Thanksgiving, I guess it was, and she has just now started really talking, so she hasn't really talked very much. And she said, and I'm Aunt Cass, so I'm, I'm the old aunt, but even their grandmother is dead. My sister passed away three years ago. So they, this little girl never knew her grandmother, my sister Nancy, She's only known me in that age bracket, and then my mother, you know, was older. she said, you know, Grandma Dot, that's my mother. Grandma Dot's my real grandma. And I said, really? And she said, yes, but she got sick, and she had to go to heaven. But it's okay. I talk to her all the time. Wow, that's amazing. And that was three weeks ago, you know. <laughs> and one time when my granddaughter was about three years old, we were, I was living in Houston at the time, and. She, we, she was, we had a thing where once a month she would come and would spend the weekend with me. So we would have our grandma time. Mm-hmm. And um, we woke up about 3 o'clock in the morning. She had to go to the bathroom. And so I took her into the bathroom, came back, and laid down. And she said, Grandma, do you remember when we used to live in the big city? And I said, 
what big city? And she said, you know, the big city when we wore big hats and we rode in the long cars. And I looked at her and I thought, she's talking about a touring car. We're talking 1912 here with Hmm. those great big hats that women would wear. And she said, I loved you so much when we lived in the big city. And we had so much fun. And how old is she? Three. Wow. Exactly. I know. I mean, not the three that's close to four, but the three that was close to two. You know, oh, unreal. And and um, I had a, one of my nephews who's now you know twenty seven, twenty eight years old. We were in Chicago at Marshall Fields back when there was a Marshall Fields, and um, we were looking at. He was about five years old, I think, at the time, maybe four, four or five, something like that. And we were looking at sunglasses, and I was trying on sunglasses and just joking around with him and stuff, putting them on his face. And he said, Aunt Cass, do you remember when we used to live in the big city? And I said, what big city? And he said, you know, New York City, the big city. And I said, you know, I, I, you'll have to remind me about that. And he said, that's when you were my Aunt Marjorie. And we used to watch the, um, the fights on television and um, we ate food from the silver trays with the little dividers in them. Now, my nephew had never had a TV dinner in his life because my mm. sister, it just never happened. But I looked at, after we had this experience with him, I looked it up. I wanted to know when were Swanson TV dinners invented? 1927. And you put them in the oven. You didn't put them in a microwave. You put them in the oven to warm them up. But how would that work with the television, watching the fights on TV in 1927? Closed-circuit television started in New York City, and the first broadcasts were the Wednesday night fights and the Saturday night fights in 1932. So are are you saying there's a definite connection between near-death experiences, angelic visitations, and reincarnation? Oh, I do. I think it's. I think it's all part of this great mystery that we just don't. We just don't know, have enough, you know, information about. That's why I want people to send me their stories because each. This is what my father told me was my job was to take all the puzzle pieces mm-hmm. and fit them together to form a picture of what it was, what the worlds were, this world, the next world, the in between worlds, and so that people would not be afraid when they died. That was the major. Well, a point that I was supposed to... Well, is it, know, is it not true that people who have had near-death experiences no longer fear death at all? They welcome it? Most of them. Are, I have not... I've Every single person that I have talked to and written to and mm-hmm. done their story has said, I can't wait till I get there. Do this they, place where we live is so terrible, I can't wait to get there. Do they ever come back and give you specifics? For example, what... The, what it felt like. Uh, was it warm? Was it cold? Could they s- smell anything? Did yes. they taste anything? Yes. Um, taste, not so sure about taste. I haven't had anybody say anything about food or whatever, but mm-hmm. it is warm. It's like 72 degrees. Um, I've had several people say that they were standing on, you know, in a meadow or on a hill, and there was a slight breeze that they could actually feel the breeze, the colors is something is a specific that everybody talks about. The colors there do not exist on this earth. They are so vibrant and so beautiful. I've had several people um, talk about the smell of roses, mm-hmm. um, the smell of vanilla, which is orchids. Yeah, I've had 
Now, those two specifically, um, I haven't had anybody get any more specific than that. I'm, mm-hmm. I kept hoping that, you know, if I get to go back and come back, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a perfume person, so right. I'm going to start identifying things for everybody. Okay, let, let, let's talk about your near-death experiences for, mm-hmm. for a few minutes here, because you, when you were having your near-death experience, mm-hmm. did you know that you were having a near-death experience, or was it only afterwards uh, during recall? Um, both times I was on an operating table. Okay. So the first one was when my son died. And as I was having it, I was only 24 years old. So I, no one taught, no one, there was no such thing back then. You know, it, that wasn't, it just wasn't, it, I don't think it, the phrase had not been coined yet. So all I knew was, is that I heard the doctors say, we're losing her. And they had already gone to my husband and told my husband that they could not save me. They could save the baby, but they couldn't save me, that I had lost too much blood and I was too traumatized and all this kind of stuff. Anywho, um, but when I, I, I floated above my body, just, you know, like people talk about, I floated mm-hmm. above my body. I could look down and see them working on my body. I saw them working on my son. They literally had to work on my son. He had been stuck in the birth canal too long, and he had a very pointed forehead, so they were mashing his skull, you know, and shape, reshaping his skull. And um, then I was, like, above the hospital where there was no roof. You could, I could look down and see the maze of the rooms, you know, the walls of the rooms, but there was no ceiling mm. in between anything. And I saw my husband walking out of the, of the um, hospital, he was leaving, and um, and then I heard this voice that said, that said, do you see your husband? And I said, yes, I do see my husband. And they said, and then, and then I floated high. Then I was going, it was, it was like twilight, you know, I was in the stars, and it was, and it was warm, and it was pain-free was the big thing for me, because I had been in so much pain for 22 hours. And I just thought, oh, this is wonderful. I never want to go back. And I, there was a voice. I didn't see anyone. I didn't go down a tunnel. I was just floating above the earth. I, was, I, I could see the entire earth below me. And I literally felt like I was flying around the stars or floating. I was really mm. floating around the stars. It was dark and warm and embracing and embryonic, really, I would think. And, um, and then I heard this just booming voice say who said um if you do not go back i'd said or i thought you know it's not like you really say it but i thought um i love it here i'd never want to go back and they said if you do not go back there will be no one to care for your son and he will be all alone and i thought well, I have to go take care of my baby. And the next thing I knew, I was waking up, which was wow. actually about 24 hours later, you know, and then it really got painful. <laughs> yeah, I, I would imagine. So, so, so how was your, how was your first experience different from your second? Now, the second one, I actually, um, I did, I, I didn't go down a tunnel. I mm-hmm. was, I was, um, again, dying in the hospital and um, I've, I saw a huge angel. That's the first thing I saw. And I mean huge, like 12 feet or something tall, huge, enormous angel. And this angel said, um, I have come to give you strength because you have none. And I said, well, I don't. And he said, get, or it said, get on my wing 
or climb on my back. And we flew through the stars, which seemed like a tunnel. We were going so fast. It was like being in a Star Wars ship, you know, all these, all these galaxies and everything going past you. So it seemed like a tunnel of light. But I felt that, the, again, that there was a great distance between me and the Earth. And you and I have I to take, uh, make this into a cliffhanger, Catherine. I have to take my final <laughs> okay. break. Exonation, the one and only Catherine Lanigan is my guest this hour. If you have an angel story you'd like to share with uh, Catherine, she'd love to hear from you. Please send her an email to cdlanigan at aol.com. And her website is www.catherinelanigan.com. My name is Rob McConnell. This is The Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Hearts glisten and children listen. Catherine Lanigan is my guest of this hour, Exxon Nation. Her website is www.catherinelanigan.com. And uh, she'd like to hear your angel stories. If you've had an angel story, a near-death experience, or if you know someone who has and they'd like to share their story, Catherine's email is cdlanigan at aol.com. That's cdlanigan at aol.com. All right, quickly, Catherine, we're getting to the end of the the, uh, the show, and I want to hear the rest of the story. You're on the back of this angel flying through the cosmos. Right. And anyway, where we landed was this beautiful, beautiful meadow, mm-hmm. and we crossed over the meadow and across across a river and went to like a hill where I could look down on literally the Crystal City. And each building was a, a, a replica, or we are the replica, uh-huh. of everything from Notre Dame Cathedral to the Onion Domes in Russia, all the different kinds of, of human architecture, the great architecture, was all in this city. Oh, wow. and, but everything was light. It was like glass and marble and it, and then when I got there, I realized it was like light. And at that time, I went into the cathedral, and my father was there. And I knew that it would not be long before my father died, and then he did die about two years later. Where do I you? Mean, th- that's a short story of it. But yeah. Where Where do you think this city is? You know, that is a good question. There are some people. There are some people who are absolutely convinced that heaven mm-hmm. is is literally a place. A a a space in place, you know, like a right. planet. Yeah. There are others where it's just um, three feet above, it's in the next dimension and three feet above our dimension here on this earth that, that's only that far away, but in another dimension. Um, and I, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know the answer. Um, I have a tendency to believe that it's just this next dimension. It just takes so much in our human brain to comprehend it all to get there. 
I have an old saying that life is easy, we complicate it. Well, we do. And I think that if we went back to the simplistic way of looking at the world, looking at people, that what we consider to be mysteries or beyond our our ability to fathom or understand would be right in front of us. Yes, right in front of us. Catherine, I want to thank you ever so much for joining us. As always, a great pleasure. And to you and your family, a very Merry Christmas. And a very Merry Christmas to you and yours as well. Thanks, Rob. I sure appreciate it. You're welcome back anytime, and we'll try and get to as many angel stories as we can. Well, I love it. It's just wonderful. I'm working on my fifth book, so this is terrific. Well, we'll do our best to help you out, my friend. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Exonation, a lovely lady. Inspiring stories. Catherine Lanigan is her name. Her website is www.catherinelanigan.com. And if you have an angel story, a near-death experience that you'd like to share, Catherine would love to hear from you. Her email address is cdlanigan at aol.com. That's cdlanigan at aol.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget my 26-hour live broadcast starting at 11 o'clock Eastern at night on December the 20th, going straight through until December the 22nd at 1 a.m. The website to watch and listen if you don't uh, get us in your local area, exxon2012.com. <laughs> 